Thank you for downloading the weekly sermon from Trinity Reformed Church in Bloomington, Indiana. To find more great content, please check out our website at trinityreformed.org. Enjoy the sermon. So, it's been almost exactly to the day, one year, since we first canceled a service due to the coronavirus pandemic. That was a year ago. What a year! And thankfully, God's been kind and he's allowed us to be meeting in person now for many months. But as you know, the children's programs, nurseries, and children's church have not been in operation, have not come back yet. That means that our kids have been with us here in services for the last nine months. And they've done a great job. Kids, you've done a wonderful job. And moms and dads, you've done a wonderful job. It's been, it's been good and an encouragement to have the children here with us. So in honor of this milestone, more than nine months with the kids than the year with coronavirus, I'd like to speak today to the children. Normally kids, when we preach, as you know, we speak mostly to the adults and sometimes a little bit to the kids. Today though, I'm gonna speak mostly to the children, and maybe, if they're lucky, a little bit to the adults. Now kids, if you have busy bags or coloring pages, and you like to make little men or funny glasses with pipe cleaners that are in your busy bags, you go right ahead and do that. And moms and dads, don't stress about it, let them play. But kids, even if you're there putting silly stickers on a page or coloring a picture, I still want you to listen because today I'm speaking to you, okay? Now what do I want to speak to you about today? I want to talk to you today about something that you have inside of you. It's a very powerful thing. It's among the most powerful things in existence in the whole world. This thing that you have inside of you It decides what you're going to do and why you're going to do it. You've had this thing your whole life and you can't get rid of it. It's in there. It's always on. It never sleeps, it never stops working. Even when you're asleep, it's going, it's churning. Someday, when you die, you're gonna take this thing with you into eternity. It's so much a part of who you are. This thing was given to you by God, and you are accountable to God for what you do with it. So it's super important for us to understand everything there is to know about it. You have one of these inside you. Your brother and your sister has one too. Your mom and dad have one. I have one. Everybody in this room has one of these things. Everybody in our town has one. Our county, our state, the United States of America, every last person has one of these things. Everybody in the whole world, everybody in the history of the wide world has had one of these things. You might have some guesses as to what it is. It goes by a lot of different names. But today, I'm gonna call it by something 
that I made up. But it's a word that helps us understand the most important thing that this thing does, okay? This thing that you have inside you, this super important and powerful thing is called a wonder. Did you know you have a wonder? You have a wonder inside of you. What on earth is a wonder? What does it do exactly? Well, a wanter wants things. That's what a wanter does. Do you find children that sometimes maybe you want something? Do you kind of sometimes want things? You want things all the time. You never stop wanting things. That's because you have a wanter. That's what a wanter does. It wants things, and you've got one, and so you want things all the time. Think about it. One moment, you want a snack. The next moment, you want a hug. After that, you want a toy to play with. Then you're done with the toy, and you want to run and play. Then you want a Band-Aid. Then you want a friend to play with. Then you want a different friend to play with. As you get older, you find that you want different things. The things that you want change over time. But you still want, you never stop wanting. That's because you have a wanter. And your wanter never sleeps. It's always going. That's what it does. That's what it's made to do. Who made your wanter? Who gave you that thing? Any guesses? The Lord gave you a wonder. And you know what that means? It means it's absolutely okay to have a wonder and to want things with it. There is nothing wrong about wanting things. In fact, it's good to have a wonder and it's good to use it. A wanter that wants is pleasing to God. That's what he made it for. But does that mean that you're just free to want anything at all? Or to want whatever you please? No, you're not. That's because God, who made your wanter and gave it to you, made it for a specific purpose. What's the purpose that God made your wanter for? Why did he give it to you? What was that? Did I hear somebody say to want the Lord? That's exactly right. That's the truest of true answers. God gave you a wanter so you would want him. So that you would want to know him. You would want to please him. That you'd want to be like him loving what he loves and hating what he hates. God gave you a wonder so that you would want good things and that you'd want them in a good way. Now, wait a second, Pastor Killingsworth. Really? A wonder? Is that biblical? I mean, really. I've never heard about that in the Bible. Okay, smarty pants. I'll show you where that is in scripture. 
what I'm calling your wonder, the Bible calls your heart. The heart is a wonder. Not that fleshy thing that pumps blood through your body and through your veins. But when the Bible talks about your heart, it talks about the seat or the throne or that place inside you where your desires live, where they sit. The place where your desires spring from. The things you want, they come from this place and the Bible calls it your heart. Your heart is a wonder. And when it talks about our hearts, it talks about our hearts in terms of our desires, about the things that we seek after, the things we pursue, the things we get excited about, the things we love. What are we supposed to desire and seek and pursue and love and get excited about? What is your heart supposed to want more than anything else? That's right, the Lord, God himself. Look in Deuteronomy 6 verse 5. This is what Moses commanded God's people. He said, listen up everybody, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. That's what your heart, your wanter is for, right there to love the Lord with all that it has, all it's got, to love the Lord. Asaph, you heard of that name in the Bible? There's an Asaph in this room, named after the Asaph in the Bible. The Asaph in the Bible was a chief musician who served God's people in the Old Testament, and he wrote songs, and he led them in singing. And in one of the songs that he wrote, he wrote these words, these lyrics, Psalm 73, verse 25. He said, speaking about the Lord in heaven, whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you, I desire nothing on earth. So when he looked up in the heavens, he saw a lot of amazing things. He saw stars and planets and asteroids and the sun and the moon. But he said in prayer to God, I see all those amazing things, but I don't want anything up there but you. And he looked around him at all the stuff of the earth, all the amazing things, the mountains and the hills, and the bicycles and the toys and all the stuff. And he said, there's nothing here better than you. I want you. That's what I want. That is a wanter doing what it was made to do, wanting the Lord. God made your wanter to want him more than anything, to want to know him, to please him, to obey him. That's what it's for. And that sounds really good, right? We can all say, yeah, that's what a wanter's for. I love wanters. But there's a problem. What's the problem? It's a pretty serious big problem, too. Your wanter is broken. It doesn't work right. My wanter's broken too. In fact, everybody's wanter is broken. Every last person in the world. And not broken just a little bit. Broken real bad. How do I know? Well, I know because, first of all, because God in his word tells us so. And he would know, because he made our wanters. Here's what he says about it in Psalm 14. It says there, 
that the Lord has looked down from heaven upon the sons of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek, and that's a wonter word, if there's anybody down there amongst us who seeks after God. What does he see? He sees that they have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. This tells us that there is not one wanter in all the world that works right. Every wanter wants exactly the wrong things. It wants bad things. There is no one who does good, not even one. And it gets worse. Our wanters are so messed up that we can't even want good things, except in a bad way. There are lots of good things to want, but unless we want them the right way, it's a bad thing. It's bad to want it. A toy, for example. It's not wrong to want a toy. Toys are good. But if that toy is more important, than, uh, more important to you than listening to your mom, or sharing cheerfully with your brother or sister, or loving and obeying God, then you're wanting it wrong. You're wanting a good thing in a bad way. Now, thankfully, this doesn't apply to anybody here. We're in church. Nobody here wants good things in a bad way. Nobody here wants bad things. Well, let's, add, let's, let's think about it a second. What about when your mom says to you, no, you can't go out and play. You have to finish your math. What goes on inside you right then? Or, no, you may not get up from the table yet and be excused. You have to finish all your broccoli. What goes on in your heart right then? How about when your dad says, come on, kids, it's time to turn the movie off, and you're right in the middle of the movie. What happens then? What if he says, no, you cannot check that book out from the library. That book is not for you. What if your brother or your sister says to you, I've been waiting a long time. Can't I please have a turn on the iPad? What happens inside you? Do you just cheerfully say, oh, yes, I'm sorry. I didn't see you waiting there. Of course it's your turn. What about when Jesus says it's better to give than to receive? Do we like to believe that? Do we like to live by it? What about when Jesus says, don't lie? What about when he says, the last shall be first? These things, these moments, they reveal to us what our wanters really want. And that we don't want like we don't want what we should want. They don't work right. Our wanters are broken. Do wanters that are broken make God happy or angry? That's right. They make him angry. 
Think about it, it makes sense. If you were to work really hard to make something super important and special, and it didn't work right, you'd be angry too. And so we've got a problem, don't we? My wonder is broken, your wonder is broken, and God doesn't not, he does not like that one little bit. Broken wonters make God angry, and rightly so, because he made our wonters. They belong to him. Do you know what God does with broken wonters? Eventually, if they don't get fixed, he throws them in the fire and he burns them up. That's where most of our toys wind up. Our toys break quickly, don't they? Christmas is over and shortly after, most of the toys are broken. (laughs) And eventually, they wind up in the trash. And so it is with God. He doesn't have any patience for broken wonders. He gets rid of them eventually. Now how on earth did your wonder get broken? Did God make it that way? Is he really bad at making things? If we said everybody's wonder is broken and it, it was made by God, I think it's a logical question. How did it get broken? Did God do that? No! God never breaks a wonder. But somebody did. Who did it? Uh, I'm going to ask you a couple catechism questions. Some of you kids might know this. The first one's pretty easy. second one's a little harder, okay? The first one is, who were our first parents? Adam and Eve. Now, here's the harder one. In what condition did God make Adam and Eve? Bingo. He made them holy and happy. You know what that means? It meant that everything they wanted ran perfectly in line with what God wanted for them. There was no problem. Their wanters wanted the Lord and everything good. And they were free to want absolutely anything and everything they wanted as much as they wanted it, except one thing only. What was that one thing? No, they could want the tree of life. It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Here's what God said to them in Genesis 2. The Lord God commanded the man saying, from any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it you will surely die. That was God's one rule, one and only rule for Adam. Now, did Adam keep that one and only rule? Nope, he didn't. And you know what happened. The serpent tempted Eve. He said that God was lying to her about that tree and its fruit. He said, you will not surely die. God knows that if you eat of it, you'll become like him, wise like him. 
Now, it's really interesting what the Bible says happened next. Look at it. Genesis 3, verse 6. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, those are all wonter words, she took from its fruit and ate and she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. So, Adam and Eve wanted something that God told them not to want, and because of this, they ended up taking what God told them not to take, and they ate what God told them not to eat, and they fell into sin. Adam misused his wanter. He wanted exactly the wrong thing. And he broke it. And he didn't just break his wonter. He broke all the wonters. Because he and Eve had the only ones. And they've been making copies of the bad broken wonters ever since. And that's how our wonters got broken. We have them from Adam and Eve. Romans 5.12 says this. Through one man, that's Adam, through one man, sin entered into the world and death through sin and so death spread to all men because all sinned. That's how we got our broken wonders right there. And we no longer want right. We want wrong. I've been thinking about bicycles. You guys like to ride bicycles? You know the problem with bicycles? They break. I hate that bicycles break. I hate to fix bicycles. We carry around supercomputers in our pockets. High-speed satellite internet is about to come to every corner of the known world. And we can't make a bicycle that doesn't break. I hate to fix bicycles. Do you know why bicycles break? Because the whole world is under a curse of sin and death. That's why bicycles break. My mother, Valerie, died about a year and a half ago. Do you know why my mother, Valerie, died? because the whole world is under a curse of sin and death. And that's because of Adam, he broke it all. All of us are going to die someday, and afterwards, we're going to stand before God and give an account for what we did with our wonder what we pursued because of what our wanter wanted. And we're gonna answer for the wickedness of our hearts, for our part in breaking this world. Can anything be done? Is there any solution? Is there any fix for our broken wanters? You, will you remember what your wanter's for? Anybody remember? What's it for? 
It's to want the Lord. It's for the Lord. It's to pursue him and desire him and to seek to please him. That's what your wanter is for. Can it be fixed and restored to that function? Because it's broken and it doesn't do that well. Is there any fix for it? It would take a miracle. It's broken so bad. But know this. Jesus is a miracle worker. He can turn two loaves of bread and a couple of fish to feed 5,000 people. He can heal the sick. People who have been sick for many years, he can heal them like that. He can make blind men see. He can raise the dead. Jesus can forgive sins. Jesus can change hearts. Jesus certainly can fix a broken wonter and make it work again. In fact, that's why he came. Look at this, Titus chapter 2, verse 14. This is a wonderful verse. Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed. He came to buy us back and forgive us for all that's wrong with us and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, to fix them and to make them what? Zealous for good deeds. Zealous, that's a wonter word. That's why Jesus came to not just fix your wanter, but fix it real well. To, zealous is like a word that's like, I'm gonna do that with all that I am. That's why Jesus came, is to make you zealous for good things. How do you get Jesus to fix you? It's not automatic. And it doesn't happen for everybody. So how do you get Jesus to fix you? Do you want Jesus to fix your wanter? How, does he fi- how do you get him to fix your wanter? All you have to do is ask him. You have to ask him. If you want to know what words to use when you ask him, There's a lot of answers to that question, but here's some great words. This is fix my wonter words right here. These come from David who wrote a lot of the Psalms and was a king in Israel, and he said, Lord, create in me a clean heart, O God. Clean my heart, it's filthy. Fix it, it doesn't work right. It doesn't love you like it should. Would you clean it and fix it? Create in me a clean heart, oh God. That's the prayer that you can pray to God, that you can ask Jesus to fix you with. Last question, we're almost done. Why on earth? This is a really important question. Why on earth would you want Jesus to fix your wanter? Jay, sorry, I want to call you Jayla. That's not right. <laughs> JL, there you go. Why, 
Yeah, that's the first reason. There's two reasons in the first one, exactly right. Because you don't want to be thrown into the fire. You don't want to be thrown away by, by the Lord. Because he doesn't have any patience or tolerance for broken wanters. He will destroy them. But there's a second reason, and that's this. There is so much good to have in God. So much good beyond belief good. You think toys are exciting. Compared to God, they're not. You think new tennis shoes are important. Compared to God, they're not. You think that a movie is going to give you happiness. God's going to give you real joy and happiness. There's so much good to be found in God if you will seek him. You'll find joy and peace happiness and blessing and mansions who doesn't like a mansion and crowns and armor and victory and everlasting life so much good stuff every good thing comes from the Lord Jesus said this in John 10 verse 10 Speaking of Satan, he said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came, says Jesus, that they may have life and have it abundantly. What does that word mean? What's abundant mean? It means lots and lots and lots and lots of life. All the good stuff, the best stuff, and lots of it. That's what Jesus came to give us. Not toys and bikes and video games, the really good stuff. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the Holy Spirit, the hope of heaven, life everlasting. Kids, Do you want these things? Come to Jesus and he'll give you generously. He will give generously to you, to anybody who asks. Let's review, okay? What is your heart? It's a a wonder. God gave you a wonder, why? So that you would want him want to please him. That's right. Does your wanter work right? Nope. It's broken. It wants the wrong things. Is God happy about that? Nope. He's angry. God hates broken wanters. How did your wanter break? It broke because Adam fell into sin and he broke it. Can anything be done about that? What can be done? Jesus can heal it. He can fix it. He can make it work again. How do we get Jesus to fix it? We ask him. And what's a good prayer to ask him? Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Why should you want Jesus to fix your wonder? So you won't be thrown away but so you can have all that God is. 
every blessing. Do you know what my wonder wants right now? My wonder wants your wonder to want Jesus more than anything. Remember what the psalmist said in Psalm 73? Whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you, I desire nothing on earth. I pray that that would become what you want. Let's sing a song. Do you guys know the song, More Precious Than Silver? Kids, do you know that? I learned it when I was a kid. It's easy, you'll learn it fast. Lord, you are more precious than silver. Lord, you are more costly than gold. Lord, you are more beautiful than diamonds. Nothing I desire compares with you. One more time. Lord, you are more precious than silver. Lord, you are more costly than gold. Lord, you are more beautiful than diamonds. And nothing I desire compares with you. I'm going to ask two fathers here to stand and pray for all the kids, okay? Ryan, would you pray? And let's see. D. Wayne, would you pray after Ryan? Here. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for all the children that you've blessed us with. I pray that you would draw each and every one of their wanters to you, that you would give them hearts that want you and that desire to be like you, and that you would help us as parents to teach them to love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Father in heaven, we thank you for the blessing of children, and Lord, I pray that you would equip us parents to make them uh, strong for you, Lord, Help us to discipline and love them well. Forgive us, Lord, for our, for our failure in many ways and help us to be better at this. And Lord, I pray that you would give each of these little ones faith, that they would trust in you completely and only in you, Father. Lord, you are so good and kind. You're a tender father to us, and we thank you for showing us your kindness. Help us to show the same kindness to these little ones. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. <laughs> 